Well, this morning we're continuing in Matthew's Gospel, in Matthew 5, Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount. So Matthew 5, verse 1. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Well, we'll reflect on that reading in just a moment. I wanted to start with with asking us a question. Rightly, our focus will be on all sorts of things going on around us in our lives at the moment. But I'd like us to turn our gaze inwards just for a minute and ask ourselves the question, what kind of person am I? What kind of person am I? And it might be that someone else might answer that question very differently about you to how you'd answer that question. But I'd like you to to think about that. What kind of person am I? Maybe you've tried one of those personality tests, the Myers-Briggs test or the Enneagram, tests that supposedly tell you what kind of person you are. Maybe you're the architect, someone who always has a plan for every situation. Maybe you're the debater, someone who always has a point of view and who's willing to share it. Maybe you're the entertainer, someone who likes to make other people laugh. But here Jesus is telling us about a certain kind of person, not the architect or the debater or the entertainer, but the blessed, the blessed person, the kind of person who's living the good life, the kind of person who will be happy in the end, the kind of person who other people would be jealous of if they knew just how blessed they were. And it's not who we expect. Here's what Jesus says marks out this kind of person. Verse three, the poor in spirit. Verse four, those who mourn. This kind of person, Jesus promises, is blessed because this person will receive blessing from God, the wonderful blessing that comes with belonging to his kingdom. Well, why is Jesus telling us this? Here's what I think he wants for us this morning. Jesus shows us who is blessed, the poor in spirit who mourn, so that as we see this kind of person is blessed, we'd come to be this kind of person. Jesus wants us to be blessed. He's luring us, inviting us to be this kind of blessed person. And secondly, Jesus isn't just speaking about the poor in spirit, about those who mourn. Jesus is speaking to the poor in spirit, to those who mourn. Because this morning, he wants to to assure us, whatever else is going on in our lives, he wants to assure us that if we're this kind of person, then we are deeply, deeply blessed, and nothing can change that. And for those things to happen, to be this kind of person and to be reassured, we need God's help. So let's pray again. Heavenly Father, we 
come to you dependent on you for your help, that as we hear Jesus' words, you would work in us and help us to be this kind of person who is humble, poor in spirit, who mourns, and that we would know that we are blessed in being that kind of person that Jesus talks about. In his name, amen. Well, let's take a closer look at the kind of person Jesus says is blessed. Verse three, the poor in spirit. And this week I've, I've wrestled over what that means, what that's getting at. And here's the, here's the closest I can do. Jesus is talking about the kind of person who is humble before God. In other words, poor in spirit, not proud in spirit, not puffed up in spirit. They know their place before God. So imagine two people. One person is proud in spirit. The other person is poor in spirit. The proud person thinks like this. I know best, and my will should be done. And God, if you think differently, if I don't get my way, then you better explain yourself to me. Demanding. The humble person says, God, I trust that you know best. Not my will, but your will be done. Submissive, obedient. The proud person says, this isn't good enough. I deserve more. I'm above this, this state of life, these people. God, you owe me. Entitled, greedy, snobby. The humble person says, God, I'll take whatever you give me and be thankful. I'll go without and lower myself if that's what you want. The proud person says, I should be noticed. All eyes should be on me. Hallowed be my name. The humble person says, God, people should notice you, not me. Hallowed be your name. The proud person thinks of themselves as their own master. The humble person thinks of themselves as God's servant. That's what this person is like, this poor in spirit person. And the proud person might actually do very well in life by being self-serving and self-promoting and taking what they want. They might even end up running a country. But it's the poor in spirit who are blessed because whatever earthly losses they suffer, they have the kingdom of heaven. You know, being proud, getting a kingdom on earth, well, that might seem impressive, but, but next to the kingdom of heaven, that is like building sandcastles. Here today, gone tomorrow. The poor in spirit, they belong to God's kingdom, God's forever kingdom, that'll one day be heaven on earth. So that's the first thing about this person who is blessed, poor in spirit, humble before God. And then this kind of person, they mourn before God. Jesus says, verse 4, blessed are those who mourn. And that means it's okay to be sad sometimes. The Bible says a lot about rejoicing, and Christians have a lot to be joyful about. But real Christians are sad some of the time. 
I'd hate for us to think that it's not okay to be sad or that it's not okay for other Christians to be sad. In fact, sometimes it's not just okay to be sad, it's right and good. The idea that Christians should be always happy with smiles on their faces, well, that would make sense if there was nothing wrong in the world, if God's kingdom had already fully come on earth. But there is wrong stuff in the world, a lot. And it's right to be grieved about that. This person, here's why they mourn. Because they love God and they love other people. And because they love God, their heart is broken by sin, sin against God. And because they love people, they're grieved by suffering, the suffering of others. That's what they mourn out of love, sin and suffering. Not just personal loss, everyone mourns that. But sin against God and the suffering of other people that they see in the world and that they see in the church. They're grieved when they see Christians who stop going. It breaks their hearts. They're grieved when they see the church compromised by sin. They're sad when they see the church in decline, when they see their brothers and sisters being persecuted, when they experience persecution. In other words, this person cares about sin and suffering. They, they haven't switched off. They don't bury their heads in the sand. They're not casual or flippant about it. No, they mourn what's bad and sad. It moves them. And it moves them to try to do something about it. And it might be that all they can do is to pray your kingdom come through tears. And they might be less happy and relaxed than others in the short run. But whoever cries these tears over sin and suffering, God promises will one day have all their tears wiped away. They'll be comforted. And they know something of God's comfort now, something of joy even in the grief. They look forward to God's promise of a new heavens and a new earth when he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more mourning or death or crying or pain. And as I describe this kind of person, this blessed person, you might realize there's one person who fully fits the description. The one who was perfectly humble before his father, who always sought his father's glory above his own, who never demanded anything extra, though he had the right to everything, who made himself poor and lowly, nothing and no one was beneath him, and who prayed, not my will, but your will be done, even when it meant going to a cross. The one who perfectly mourned sin and suffering, who healed the sick because he was filled with compassion, who cried at the death of his friend, who wept over the tragic sin of Jerusalem, and who so mourned sin and suffering that he went to the cross to destroy sin and suffering 
forever. And the one who, despite his humble mourning, in fact, because of his humble mourning, was raised to the joyful life of the kingdom of heaven, who is blessed. When Jesus tells us that this humble mourning kind of person is blessed, he knows what he's talking about. Believe him. And when we see Jesus as this kind of person, it helps us with the question, how do you and I become this kind of person? Well, it's not by, by sheer willpower, by trying to work up these virtues in our own strength. The way we become this kind of blessed person is by belonging to Jesus and becoming more like him as God remakes us in Christ's image, his humble mourning image. See, becoming this kind of person is a bit like people laughing at my jokes. It doesn't happen naturally. It's a miracle. And I know I started talking about, started by talking about personality traits, but th these aren't just personalities we're born with. These things happen as God works in us. And if we experience something like this, some measure of being humble before God and mourning over what's bad and sad, then that is a sign of God at work in us. For those of us who belong to Jesus, that is what's happening to us. Here's what I mean. Naturally, we're puffed up with pride. And then God comes and bursts the bubble of my pride. He cuts me down to size so that now, though my pride often resurfaces, I'm poor in spirit. I know my place before him, that he's God and I'm not. And I begin to trust him that where we disagree, he knows better than me and he should get his way. And I realize it's not his job to do my will, it's my job to do his will. And I feel lucky to receive anything from him. He doesn't owe me a thing. And with fits and starts, I become more thankful and, and self-forgetful and Christ-like. And as he works in me, he opens me up to mourn, not just for the stuff that affects me, but, but for sin and suffering out there, out of love. Being, being a Christian doesn't mean that we always feel better. It means that God works in us to feel the way we should feel about things, which sometimes means being moved to tears by the evil and suffering in the world and the church, and to be moved to do something about it, serving people in our community, praying and giving to persecuted Christians, sharing the gospel, and calling people to repent because we care too much about them not to. None of us are the finished article, but if you're a Christian, that's what God is doing in you. And as you experience that, know what it is God is doing with you. He's remaking us into the kind of person who is blessed. Who is blessed because in being this kind of person, we belong to God's kingdom, whatever earthly losses we suffer now. We're blessed because if we mourn now, 
God will comfort us then. I was reflecting this week that so often I find my sense of being blessed in my circumstances right now, in, in how my, my money is, or my relationships, or my health. But we shouldn't find our sense of being, being blessed in our circumstances. Find your blessing in being this kind of person, the kind of person who God is changing to be more like Christ. That's what makes us blessed. I don't want to be insensitive. I know that things are, are very hard right now. That's not a small thing. Our circumstances do matter, but the kind of person we are matters much more than our present circumstances. It's being this kind of person, this humble, mourning person, that makes us blessed, that makes us blessed irrespective of our present experiences, of our present circumstances. And God might just be using those circumstances to make us into this kind of blessed person. To be poor in spirit and to mourn is to be like Jesus. But there's a vital thing we need to think about before we finish. There's a crucial way for us that, that to be poor in spirit and to mourn will look very different for us than it did for Jesus. Because while Jesus was sinless, we aren't. Jesus only had sin around him. We have sin within. And that's, that's just a fact. What matters is how we respond to that fact. No one will be excluded from God's kingdom because they're a sinner. You know, the joy and blessedness of being in God's kingdom forever, no one will miss out on that because they're a sinner. The thing that counts is how I respond to my sinfulness. Will I respond by being proud and casual? Or will I respond by being humble and mourning? That's what will decide who is happy forever and who is miserable forever. So what does it look like to be poor in spirit and to mourn about my sin? Well, it looks something like this. Firstly, acknowledging that I'm spiritually bankrupt. It looks like saying to the Lord, God, I, I know I bring nothing to the table with you. No good deeds that, that should get me a place in your kingdom. I know that the only thing I bring is my sin, my sin that means you should reject me. It's that song that we sometimes sing, nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to your cross I cling, naked come to you for dress, helpless come to you for grace. Acknowledging I'm spiritually bankrupt before God. And that, that humble, deep sense of need, that leads to the second thing, depending on God's mercy in Christ. Saying to God, God, I, I know I don't deserve anything good from you, but I know that Jesus died for sinners like me. Lord, please have mercy on me, a sinner, for Jesus' sake. He's the one I depend on. All my confidence is in him. 
in Christ alone. But there is something else. This, this is more than just a cold, calculated decision. It's not just a robotic recognition that I'm a sinner and, and therefore, logically, the right course of action is to throw myself in God's mercy. It's not less than that. But my heart needs to be involved. Thirdly, I need to mourn my sin. It, it cuts me up that I sin against God. It grieves me. And I'm not just sad about it because I fear that my sin might land me in hell. I mourn it because it's against God, and, and I love Him. I don't want to sin against Him, and I hate that I do. And gradually, more and more, I'm more repulsed by my sin, and I loathe it, and I want nothing to do with it. How could I have anything to do with what God hates? How can I mourn what Christ mourned? what led him to the cross to die for me. I don't mourn to earn God's mercy, but because he's been so merciful to me, how couldn't I forsake what he hates? And as I go on as a Christian, that will happen not, not less and less, but more and more, as I become more aware of my spiritual bankruptcy and more dependent on God's mercy in Christ and more mournful over my sin. This is the pathway to God's blessing, acknowledging my spiritual bankruptcy, humbly depending on God's mercy in Christ, mourning my sin. God's kingdom doesn't belong to the self-sufficient or the self-confident or the casual. It's those who confess they are spiritually bankrupt who are credited with Christ's righteousness. It's those who shed tears over their sin who will have all their tears wiped away. And those things, they don't come naturally. They are a miracle of God's grace. We need God to help us respond to our sin that way. And so if we want it, then ask God, depend on him. That is leaning in to our poverty of spirit. And they're not pleasant. It's tough acknowledging our sinfulness and mourning over it. But if that's you, if you see some measure of that in yourself and you see that growing, you're blessed. You're deeply blessed. There are so many difficult things in life right now, so, so many big obstacles to our happiness. But there is no bigger obstacle to your eternal happiness than your sin. And if this is you, then that obstacle has been bashed away. It's gone. Christ has dealt with it. You might not be sinless, but you're trusting in the one who is sinless. And you belong to him. And his righteousness belongs to you. And he will see you through to an eternity of happy joyfulness and blessedness forever. I'm going to lead us in a prayer in a moment, but first let's have a moment to reflect. You might like to, to ask God to give you a sense of being blessed if you belong to Christ. You might like to ask him to work these qualities in you more and more, this, this hum humility this morning. Let's reflect.
Heavenly Father, it's not easy for us to be humble before you and to mourn before you. It's hard, and we can't even do it apart from you working in us. But we praise you that as we belong to Christ and see ourselves gradually, slowly, becoming a little bit more like him and being brokenhearted over our sin, we praise you that we are blessed and irrespective of hard circumstances and even through hard circumstances, you are making us into his image and making us blessed in him. And we pray you'd help us to know that deeply and to be filled with a supernatural joy that comes from belonging to him and being blessed. Amen.